enthusiastically. Woo! <laughs> oh, wow. Thanks, Harold. Hey, today is such a significant Sunday. Uh, we have got all of our kids in our service. We do this once every two months because we, we are a family church, multi-generational family church. And having kids worship together with us, um, uh, worship God together with us is so crucial. So I know there might be a little bit of chaos, but I started as a kids pastor. And chaos is just uh, par for the course. And Harold, 20 minutes holding a baby. Oh, man. He's going to have to toughen up a little bit. Um, you know, uh, before I get started, I just want to say a big thanks uh, to everybody here at FGA and just really encourage you because over the course of this week, we have seen so many people step up into new roles. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but FGA for the last four weeks have had more people at FGA on a Sunday than every other week last year. Um, you know, Pastor Roland, uh, last, sun, last Sunday, we had three people in Christian education class. Pastor Roland says, hey, come for Christian education. His class goes to 35 and we got like 60 all through. Um, our, our youth leaders went away for a retreat. Um, our youth in 1830s went for a retreat. I heard they were up to 4.30 a.m. praying. You know, uh, Alpha has gone over 30 people. Our missions uh, is ramping up, preparing a bunch of things this year. Um, kids ministry have just started a new entire class for two-year-olds. We're growing in the two-year-old category. Um, people are submitting their working with children checks in. So we're becoming a kid-safe place. Our building committee team is working hard. Our worship ministry are running uh, intensives to um, improve worship. And they've got workshops uh, going on. We've started a bunch of new home groups. This is our largest orientation lunch that we've got coming up. We've got water baptism with like 12 people coming up. There are a lot of things going on right now at FGA. And I just want to say, like I'm conscious that so many people have just stepped up and said, this is the time. God needs me. Let's do something significant. So I just want to say really thank you so much for that. Let's begin with prayer. Father, I thank you for today's message and for this Pentecostal series. I pray that you would help us to catch a glimpse of the power of the Holy Spirit. Help us to understand your intent for us, living victorious Christian lives, empowered by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. You're in a prayer meeting. All right. You've gone, I don't know, for the last few days at this prayer meeting. It's somewhat dull. You're waiting. Nothing much is happening. A couple of big decisions are ahead, and you don't really know what to do. So you look around, and there are all these people you don't even know. You don't know them that well. I imagine that you expect that today's prayer meeting will be just like it always is. So you're sitting down there and you're thinking, after this prayer meeting, I'm going to have some fried kway for lunch. It's going to be pretty good. I'll come back tomorrow. I'm going to do the same thing. 
then suddenly there's a mighty whoosh sound and there's like a wind through the whole place and you're like oh my goodness is this like and it's like it's like you're in a tunnel and wind is blowing and so it's loud and you're covering it says it was so loud that you're covering your ears and you're in shock right so you're covering your ears and you look around and everywhere people are on fire what is going on and then you start to move through the crowds and everybody is talking Oh, everyone's talking, but you don't understand anything that they're saying. So there's like fire, there's wind sound, and everyone, and you're like, oh my goodness. And your first thought is, I think everyone is drunk. That is what goes on as we get to chapter 2. In the book of Acts. In fact, if you look at the book of Acts, you're like, oh, they don't understand anything that's going on. And then suddenly, somebody is speaking in Teochew or something like that. And like, oh, how do they know my mother tongue? I haven't even spoken it. And it's just so unexpected. You know, it's so weird and, and crazy. Um, today... Like we're talking about being radically open to God, right? Radically open to God doing kind of new, different things. I don't know if you realize how radically different Acts 2 was for these disciples and the various people who came to that prayer meeting. I don't know if you understand how radical that is because they've never seen Christianity as a global movement. They've never gone to big meetings where all kinds of things are... They've just either just followed Jesus along. They've been persecuted. In fact, they just saw their founder leave. He's not on the boat, <laughs> you know. And so they are, I think, kind of shocked. You know, I grew up, um, and so you can, you can read that. I want to encourage you to really, like, read through the book of Acts. You know, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, in one accord, like Uncle Roland saying. And they suddenly, the Bible takes, in Greek, the words are chosen very carefully. And so suddenly is put there. There suddenly came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And um, divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And then we skip on ahead. Um, and they were all amazed, saying to each other, what does this mean? But others in their midst said, they're filled with new wine. New wine being like, it's kind of dodgy. Um, but Peter, uh, you get on later, and it says, but Peter lifted up his voice and addressed them and said, these people are not drunk as you suppose. Something must have happened that Peter's first words was, let me just clarify. <laughs> this is not people being drunk. You know, I grew up. Seeing all kinds of weird things happen at church. Like Roger and I, we kind of grew up together. He was the drummer in our youth group. I must have been like, I don't know, 13 years old. And we literally 
saw people shaking, falling on the floor, still shaking. I saw people just like crying, bawling, bawling their eyes out. Like, like cool guys. Before it was cool to be emo, you know. And they'd be like bawling, snot coming out of their ears, their nose, <laughs> their nose. But anything could happen. I, like, I was really freaked out when I was young because it was the beginning uh, at NKL anyway, in those days, our youth group, like, we started at 30 or whatever, and by the time we left, it was like hundreds, 400 or whatever. And it was the beginning of this revival that we saw in Malaysia. And I want to be honest with you, it literally was anything could happen. And I'm a thinking kind of guy. If you know me well, I like predictability. I mean, like, this pen is the same pen I've used since I started work. I mean, like 20-something years. Ask me what I had for breakfast this morning. Same thing I've had. Um, but God <laughs> continually surprises me. God continually surprises me. And with Him, so many things that I never thought possible have taken place and occurred. And then, as I look through the Bible... I see that surprises are par for the course in our scripture. Um, you hear about Moses talking to a burning bush, right? On that basis, he goes to the leader of the land and says, Oh my goodness, I talked to a burning bush. Let my people go. <laughs> and it occurs. You, you see the Red Sea parting, You're a teenage girl gets pregnant, and, you know, and uh, she's like, God gave me a child. A man rises from the dead and births the movement of Christianity. So I think if you read through the Bible, you've got to ask this question, either all of these stories are made up and people are drunk while they're writing it and they're retelling these stories. Or God can do anything and He can do more than our understanding and our minds can comprehend and more than we can even think to ask. Now I'm convinced it's the latter. I'm convinced that God is able to do crazy, seemingly crazy, unimaginable things. That's why the Bible is full of miracles. Um, for me, the resurrection is a good example of that. Right? Um, take Jesus' resurrection. Something must have happened to kick off Christianity. And I know there are a lot of theories out there that say that this was a retrofitted event, right? Because, uh, you know, like Jesus was already, obviously everybody saw him die on the cross, right? So it's hard to hide that fact. And so let's fabricate a story where we all see Jesus. I saw, hey, you, you saw, hey, you better see Jesus, right? And let's just go make that up and then we can write some books. 
I'll take the gospel according to Chris. You take gospel according to Roger. You take gospel according to Roland. We'll publish a book, 66 books written across 2,000 years. Everyone will believe it. And then we go. But what is so tough for me to understand is why, if it was made up, why if it was so fabricated, did all of the disciples live miserable, persecuted lives, most of them dying for their faith. The one who didn't die got exiled, right? Why is it that these guys began a movement that really was around helping the poor transform? Like, what took place? that transformed everything normal into something else. If you read through the New Testament, everybody points to Jesus' resurrection because they saw something. They were witnesses. They saw something they could not reconcile. And it was so real to them that when it came time for them to deny it, pay their life for it, they did so. And you see that all through the Bible when God shows up to different people. They actually put their whole lives on the line. I kind of understand that because I saw my life change when I was a kid from a bratty kid out of control. And my uncle came along and and led me to Christ. And story has it, I was very young, that I totally transformed. And it was like, oh, so easy for my parents to look after. <laughs> so we're inviting Pastor Roland to speak to all of our kids now. <laughs> you know, I myself saw my own grandmother, all right? You know, who we see all the time when it's not even church. Every Sunday, wheeled in in a wheelchair because she couldn't walk. I saw my own grandmother get healed and she got up of a wheelchair not to get back on again. So like not after the service, oh, shoot. oh my goodness, let me sit back down. Is there nobody looking? I saw that. And so when somebody comes and says, God can't do miracles today. Oh, like the, the Bible's full of made up stuff. I compare it into my experience in life and discover something is off. And I've fallen into the category of people who now will stake my life, invest my life in what God says. Because I've experienced, I've seen it. I myself have been radically open to God. I've seen, uh, you know, my uncle last week talked about his marriage turning around because of God and the Holy Spirit. Um, I'll tell you now, we do a lot of marriage counseling. Turning around a broken marriage, which has got years of people like just upsetting each other and then like the, the scorecard is like super high on each other. As a pastor, for you to unravel that is so hard. But God can come into a marriage and turn that around. 
So when somebody says that God can't do this or can't do that and gives some kind of complicated reason for how the world works and how the world moves, my tendency is to go, are you sure you know what you're talking about? That you can say with authority you know God and the world and how everything works. For me, I lean on the fact that God is a big God. And He can do all kinds of things. I mean, I haven't even figured out how the world was made. How like God is much bigger than we can comprehend. That's why today we're talking about radical openness to God. Uh, why this comes up is because we're in our Pentecostal series. And our aim is to help you understand and move in the power of the Holy Spirit today. It's really going to be, over these few weeks and in our home group, a platform for you to talk and engage and to have strong theology behind what we do as a church. We're looking in particular at the Pentecostal distinctives. And I just want to say very briefly, Pastor Ron covered all the different denominations around in the Christian faith. They are our brothers and sisters, and I have got such high respect and such good friends in other churches and in other denominations. If you hold to um, the basic doctrines and the Apostles' Creed, we are brothers and sisters in Christ, okay? But just as you have your own sister, you have your own brother, you're quite different, right? You're called for different things, and we play a different role in the kingdom of God. Pastor Owen's going to go off and speak at Korean church. Father, I pray that you would bless him and he would uh, minister mightily over there. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. He goes without blessing. Okay. Um, yeah, so this is not to say we are the only true, real church of Christ that, you know, anywhere else. No, 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 no. But God has called us for specific purposes. And this church lives out empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's why it's full gospel. Pastor Ron was explaining that last week. In fact, um, a good definition of Pentecostal is an understanding and implementation of Christian faith that is radically open to the continued operations of the Holy Spirit. That's why we're developing this series. Because maybe some of you haven't grown up seeing some of the things that I've grown up seeing. Um, Pastor Roland mentioned in Acts 1.8, which is actually our anchor verse for the whole year, that Jesus leaves and he promises in the book of Acts the Holy Spirit to us now. So I don't know if you know, but physical Jesus, not here now. Instead, he left so that someone greater could come. So that we could do greater things. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And here we are in Australia saying those words. Today's verse is Ephesians 3, 20 to 21. And it says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than we ask or think, according to the power of work within us. To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. 
Did you know that God can do more than we can comprehend? That's why you might come to church on a Sunday and not understand everything that is going on. That's, and, and look, we're a Pentecostal church, and you might see a few crazy things occur around the place, and, I, and we filter it, but that's not all we do. I just want to be really clear. We also study the Bible. Christian education is going off the charts. We also do teaching in Alpha and we do evangelism. We also help the poor. We're going on a medical mission coming up. Like, it's not all close your eyes and whatever. It's, but we are open to God moving in ways that we do not expect. All right? And that is a very powerful teaching. I want to encourage you to move into that because God has places for you to go, things for you to do, growth and transformation for you to see in your life. And sometimes we are the ones who go, God can't even do that. So I'm not even going to ask or think. Um, we're not even going to move into that category. My marriage, always going to be the same. My children, it's decided. Now, we have to be careful. So, I've grown up also with the excesses of the Pentecostal movement. So I have seen as well how just alone being open to God doing any kind of thing without any kind of anchor can be dangerous. And so today, I want to help you with that. Let's look at the book of Acts. Something new was happening, right? They had never seen it. In fact, people are thinking everyone's drunk. So Peter gets up and he clarifies. His first words uh, go, they're not drunk. And then he goes, here is the Bible. He pulls up a prophecy from Scripture saying this was God's intent all along. One of the, whenever God does something new, so the experience is new, and you want to make sure, that's, that's even at FGA. Even if we have a guest speaker that comes, all right, and I want to encourage you to test it out with God's Word. I really do. And you're welcome. If, if it doesn't sit right with you, please email the pastors. Pastor Roland loves getting emails. <laughs> See, that's what happens when you go and preach at another church. And you're like, okay, anyway. You want to make sure that anything that goes on is consistent with God's character because that's who He is. He's not going to do something that's not who He is. And His, He gives us the Bible to reveal Himself to us. There's prophecies in there. There are His commands that are in there. In fact, I say word prophecy command. I don't have time to get into this, but that's what Peter does in his text. So go back and read chapter 2. But another thing that you can look at besides consistency with God's Word and His character, is what is the fruit of this? What is it producing? And we see in the book of Acts, 3,000 souls get saved. You see the beginning of a movement that transforms not just the city they're in, not just the empire they're part of, but the world that they live in. You see as a result of this, uh, teaching in the New Testament about 
one man, one woman, you know, um, morality completely changed in their day and age. You saw people, um, there's one historian that says Christianity grew because people were helping, uh, grew particularly during the plague. Because people were helping those who were sick when nobody else would touch people with the plague. And then what happened was some of these people who had the plague survived. You know what they thought? Oh my goodness, everybody left me for dead and the Christians took me in. Me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And bam, it went through. Uh, schools started, hospitals, charity organizations, all of this kicked up. You look at the fruit of what happened on that day when a bunch of people got empowered by the Holy Spirit. And you can see the fingerprints of God all through. So these are two things I want you to consider. God can do amazing things, but you want to make sure it's consistent with who God is and you want to test the fruit of it. Okay, let's do some kids' time. Should we get the kids in here? And I know for some parents who have not been following my big words, this is also your time. <laughs> Today's memory verse is Ephesians 3, 20 to 21. And it goes, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than you can ask or think, according to the power that is worked within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and forever and ever. Amen. Okay, kids. How many kids are here? Put up your hand if you're a kid. Think like a kid. All right, cool. I want you to imagine with me. Imagine. Oh, it was a rough day at school. <laughs> yup. You're Asian. The teacher called you up for a maths problem in class, and you, ah, oh, couldn't do it. And so the whole day was bad. You're like, every day is going to be bad. Oh, my whole life is bad. Everything is terrible. You go home, your parents ask you the most irritating question ever. How's school today? I don't want to talk about it. If God could give me anything in the world, I want ice cream. Right? So you're thinking when you're driving home, it's hot, and you're in the car, and you're thinking, if God was a good God, I would get ice cream today. And then you try as best as you can, and you think, oh, no, 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 no. I heard Pastor Chris last Sunday. He said, God can do more than I ask or think. So I'm just going to go out there. God's going to give me puppies. That's what's going to make my day amazing. And you're thinking, oh, this is it. Now, I'm going to do an illustration. So, if this is all of your life, if this is all of your life in a toilet paper roll, then you getting ice cream on that day and God like, oh, that's awesome. That's like solved one part of your life. And then maybe you get a puppy that is really cute until it starts biting everything. And oh, that's like, maybe 
that solves this much of the problem, but gives your parents you know, that much more problem. It's okay. When God says that he has stuff for you, in the power that works with you, within you, for all generations, forever and ever and ever. God is talking about your life, not just all the life you're going to live, but then after you die in heaven for all eternity, the things that God has in view for your life that he wants to do in you is really long, is really big. He might even be able to solve the issue of why you get embarrassed every time the teacher picks on you. He might even be able to solve your future life and what happens after all for everybody that you care about. God has things that you don't even know yet waiting for you. And so when God says, follow me, come after me, he's not talking about, are you getting a little bit of ice cream today and will you have a puppy? He's wanting the very, very, very best for the things that count all of your whole life and all of eternity. That's what's in view. So let's go back to the adults. I want to ask the question, have we placed limits on what God can do? Have we become people who come to church and go, oh, I know, it's an FGA service. They'll go over time, I'm pretty sure, but only by 15 minutes, and then we're good, we can go eat a lunch. Like, have we placed limits and said, oh, my marriage it's always going to be the same. Oh, this is never going to happen. Have we limited our view of what God can do even to our ice cream and puppy problems of life? So then we're always going to God, oh, I need a promotion. Oh, I need this. Help me with this. Or can God do immeasurably even more than you can ask or think? Because let's zoom in on these disciples. They ended up overturning the Roman Empire. All right? And then we are here in Australia 2,000 years later talking about what kind of happened. I want to put it to you that within this church, within you, within the power that is at work within you as a Christian, God can do radically amazing things for you. I'll, I'll close by sharing a real personal story. Uh, some of you heard of it, and I want to, okay, here's the long list of disclaimers. Not everybody's called to be a pastor, right? And I'm not trying to say that being called to the ministry is like the ultimate thing. Being called to what God has called you for, that's the ultimate thing. So for, for a lot of us, that is your workplace, that's your school, that's your gifting area, right? I'm going to tell you a story about how God called me into a place I didn't expect to go. But that's not to say, like, everybody email me say, Pastor Chris, does FG have a job for me? I want to be full-time next week. Like, that's not where I'm going with this, okay? So, uh, some of you will know, I, uh, 
I came over here at 15. I studied at uni, um, did commerce, then did postgraduate studies in corporate finance, got a job at PricewaterhouseCoopers, uh, into corporate finance. Then I um, went to strategy consulting. All that about eight years working at PwC. And then I took a year and a half off to do my uh, MBA at Melbourne Business School. And I had a pretty clear roadmap of where my life was going to go. I um, had just got, uh, got married. I got married at 23, right? Um, dad at 25. Yeah, that's right. And, um, and I would have been in an FGA meeting sitting at the back when I heard God say, Chris, I'm going to give you the job of your dreams, but you need to turn that down and be a kid's pastor at FGA. I'm like, is that you, Uncle Roland? Because <laughs> I just had to check. Anyway, being the actual, like, thinking-oriented, cerebral kind of guy I was, I completely just ignored it. I'll be really honest with you. I heard it, nobody else heard it, and I forgot about it. The next day, because I was not working, right? So I was uh, at Melbourne Business School. The next day, the level of my devotion was doing the Every Day with Jesus book booklet. Oh, it's so short. <laughs> and it's got like one verse. So anyway, I'm opening it, and the headline for that day is, Is there space for God to move in your life. And then it talks about can God ask you, and I'm like, oh my goodness. I'm pretty sure yesterday I heard this, and I said, I'm good, God. I'm good. We're fine. And so anyway, I spend that day praying, and I talk to my wife. And she, being the amazing godly wife that she is, goes, you should really fast about it. You need to really pray. Okay, good. So we take seven days. I take seven days to fast and pray about that. Not really wanting to do anything serious about it, but just so that, you know, I can resolve things at home. <laughs> code, code. Okay, right? And during those seven days, verse after verse, God is confirming this, right? I'm talking to my wife, and she is being woken up at night with dreams about it right? And, and um, you know, like my wife and I, we come from different backgrounds, right? And so I, I'm very fortunate. Uh, my parents worked very hard and provided really well for us. And so I come from a fairly well-off family, right? Whereas my, my wife's family, um, less so, right? And so primary one of her concerns, if we can be honest, was how are we going to support our own family? Because FGA was paying maybe 30 grand, I think it was a little bit less than that, but 30 grand a year, right? And so I was going to maybe a quarter of my salary, and I was the only income earner, and we had two kids, right? And so we prayed about it, God woke her up in the middle of the night, don't worry about finances, I will provide, okay, fine. Then we talked to Pastor Roland, we talked to the elders, right, right, Turns out it's very, very, very easy to say I'm still praying about it. 
because seven days had passed, we had heard very clearly, and then we're still telling people, I'm still praying about it. Eight months pass. Eight months. How's that going? I'm still praying about it. I have stopped praying about it because, <laughs> seriously, it was a little bit too radical. Um, anyway, I get to the end of my uh, MBA, and I get this job. It's like, it's, like, um, it's like a dream job, all right? They're, like, going to fly me to New York for the thing. It's, it's with a boutique consulting firm, and it's, oh, it's really, really cool. Anyway, get all the way to the final interview. The next interview is in New York, right? I'm one of two candidates, and they've got a sign-on bonus as soon as I take that plane flight. And that weekend, <laughs> that, yeah, that weekend, oh, my goodness. And it, I discovered it's one thing to hang on, God, just hold on, and another thing to pick the complete opposite direction to where God wants you to go. And we just couldn't do it. We, we sat down, we sat down, and we, I, like we talked with my wife. We had a massive el last-minute elders meeting. I want to thank you so much to the elders for, you know, putting up with me. Um, long story short, uh, that Monday morning, I turned down that, um, that free trip. <laughs> and uh, the other guy, I presume, got the job. And uh, started in working at FGA because we were so convinced that this was what God wanted us to do, but we lacked the courage to follow through. I want to say to you that I, looking back, I've had zero regrets doing that in following God. Um, it turns out our finances, God sorted that out. FGA is not even the primary means for our sustenance. Praise the Lord for Australia property. <laughs> you know, <laughs> who would have known? You know, um, it turns out that uh, going in, our kids' ministry doubled in size. Then our youth group exploded. Now we're having a whole bunch of people like we even met from youth group. They're here at FGA. And just in following God, in, um, I, I reckon it made our marriage stronger. I reckon it took my faith to a new level. And so today, I'm going to get our um, worship team uh, to come up. I actually want to invite you. I want to give you an opportunity to go past whatever your preconceptions are of what God can do. Like, what I love about Pentecostal church, which we're going to be talking about for the next few weeks, so there's a lot to unpack. But what I love is that we begin the conversation going, God, you can do anything. Hey, God, I'm radically open. I'm not going to tell you, oh, the meeting has to start at this end and this. Oh, I'm not going to tell you that it, it, you we can only do this style and, and you can only wear skinny jeans or whatever. Like, oh my goodness. God, you can do anything. And then you begin with that disposition. God, where do you want to take me? What do you want to do with my life? 
And I'm hoping today that as you sit down here, God, the Holy Spirit would bring up in you certain barriers, boundaries that you have created. And you're going, I'll never conquer this. Or maybe guilt because, you know, so many times you've struggled with it. Like while all eyes are closed, while all eyes are closed, the Holy Spirit today wants to take you to a place that you've not been before. Maybe you've tried in your own strength. But today's verse says that God is able to do much more than we could even ask or think. And sometimes we're just too small in our conception of what God can and will do. And so I want to invite you to give God a chance today. Uh, all through this series, we're going to be opening up this altar. So you can, even if you don't want to be prayed for, you can just come up. You can just come up and uh, spend some time here with God while we do our final song. We are finishing all our services. We're going deliberately over time. And we're always going to be ending with a song so that you can process what God is doing here. The final thing I want to do, so please come up. If you have a need that you want to pray for, if, if, if God is challenging you about a particular boundary, please come up. We'd love to pray for you. But I want to make a special call because for some of you, the most radically open thing you can do is to give your life to Jesus Christ. Maybe you've grown up in a Christian home. Maybe you've known of God. Maybe you've, someone just invited you to church today. I want to invite you in to say, God, I need you. You know, the, the salvation altar call that we will do basically says that you're going to ask for forgiveness for doing things your own way, for living your own life. And then that you call on God to be your Lord, but also your Savior. We say that because Jesus Christ has paid the price for our sins. So while all other religions, they go with a, they've got a doing formula. Do this, do this, and then good things will happen. Christianity has a done statement. Jesus Christ has done it. So that you can just walk on His completed work. You can start a new life, a new beginning under His Lordship. Not to do your own thing. Not to go your own way. But to follow after this amazing God. If that's you today, if you want to begin that journey of a, a walk with God, a relationship with God, can I ask you to do something really brave? Can I invite you to stand up? I'm going to get all eyes closed, but if that's you, can I get you to stand up? I know it's not an accident that you're here at church today. And even if at some long time ago you may have previously, I don't know, been 
in a walk with God, but you've gone away, if today you want to make a fresh commitment to God, I want to encourage you to stand up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is a big day for you. I, I remember my Christian walk, my Christian life marked by big days like this where God did something out of the ordinary, extraordinary in a service or in my walk with Him. And it, it, it dramatically shifted the entire atmosphere. Okay, if you're standing, can you, can you pray with me? If, if you're doing the salvation prayer, can you repeat after me? Father God, I confess my sins to you. I need you in my life. I declare that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior and that He has paid the price for my sins. This day, I want to follow after you. So take me into your kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you have prayed that prayer, please come up and see one of the pastors after the service. But now, as Brian leads us in a song, I want to invite any of us, we're going to all stay here, please do not leave, to come up, you can worship, we can pray, or you can sit in your seats and worship. But we're going to allow the Holy Spirit some space to move in this church. Brian.